Welcome to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good evening and welcome into the podcast. Today is February the 1st. It's 2023. Good evening. I'm Jay and lots to talk about tonight. Uh, I want to start off talking a little bit about Memphis. Of course, unless you live under a rock, you know that there has been uh, a great deal of uh, outrage in Memphis, Tennessee, where uh, law enforcement officers um, uh, attempted to arrest a man. The man ended up dying um, and those officers have been uh, charged. What is perhaps less known is that firefighters have have now been terminated from employment. And uh, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, expectations. You know, uh, when a fire chief or or whoever your hiring authority is, when they hire people, they expect them that uh, when trained, when properly trained, that they go out and they execute their duties and, and they do so uh, speedily and competently. I'm not going to get into whether or not that took place on the scene there in Memphis, but what I will say and what I will talk about is that expectation of, of service and the fact that it apparently did not happen. Um, I'm not, I don't know enough about the incident to comment with any specificity as to the actual time frame. I would urge you to reach out, or excuse me, you don't have to reach out. You can go to your favorite search engine, type it in, and look at those. Uh, look at that. What I do want to say is this: um, when you get on a scene, you have a duty. A firefighter has a duty. Law enforcement has a duty. EMS has a duty. If firefighters are responding to to take care of someone, or if EMS is responding, um, there is a duty to act and to provide care. If that doesn't happen, um, there are consequences. Now, I don't know that anybody in Memphis, and I'm talking here about firefighters, who respond to calls and expect to end their day with their career in tatters. I, I just don't believe that happens. So I don't think people set out, and here I'm talking about the response of firefighters. People don't set out to lose their job uh, on that particular day. And so somewhere, protocols apparently weren't followed. And when they're not followed, then there are consequences to that. Uh, Memphis Fire Chief Gina Sweat and and the the command staff there, um, they decided to uh, to punish these firefighters' determination. I shouldn't say punish, they terminated them. And that's the way that works. Um, you know, here's the thing. When a fire department responds to a call, I don't care how many times you respond to it. Um, it's never the same. It might feel like the same. It might, you know, appear like it in every way, but it's not. There is a responsibility on those responding to act. It's not just at a, at a scene that becomes a, a, a worldwide 
uh, viral video. It's at every scene. Because here's something, too. And, and you say this a lot. Everybody carries a video camera. It's their phone. Whatever you're doing is probably on camera. Now, I don't think that just because you're on camera, you should act concerned. You should be concerned because that's your job. And I don't know what went down between firefighters and law enforcement, if anything went down. I don't know how that went. But what I do know is that the city of Memphis felt that protocols weren't followed and therefore termination was required. It's instructive in this. No matter where you're going, whether it's the biggest incident or the smallest incident, do your job, right? It's a simple phrase, but it means a lot. And it can land you in hot water. It can also save you. No one that I know gets punished for doing their job. There may be other reasons. Could be personalities, could be all kinds of things. But if you know your job and do your job, it's difficult to get rid of people. When you don't, then it becomes easy. Think about that. If you don't do your job, your city, county, whatever, state, they'll get rid of you. They might force you into retirement. They may force you into resigning. They may outright terminate you. So it, the Memphis lesson's instructive. It really is. Go do your job. Follow your protocols. Follow your standard operating procedures slash guidelines. Do what you're supposed to do. And do it every time. That is as clear as, as one can be. Change and growth. One of the, the constants in, in life is change. There will always be change. There will be, you know, just like there's a change to seasons, there's changes in leadership, there's changes in followers, there's new people, there's recycled people, people coming back into a job that they left, all sorts of things. So change is inevitable. It's going to happen for different reasons, but it will happen. And there's a couple things that we can do when, when we see change on the horizon or when it's thrust on us. Uh, we can look at it and go, yeah, I'm not participating in change. Doesn't matter what you do. You'll just get drug along. But if you embrace the change and if you focus on growth from that change, then you know what? It's always going to be positive. Always. It might not necessarily be as positive as you want it to be, but it will be positive. And if we go back to the first lesson, know your job, do your job. And if we add on, expect change and grow from it. Some people are thrust into leadership positions suddenly, maybe when they're not ready. They think they're not ready. Uh, there's all kinds of, of, of things that happen that people are like, you know, I'm just not prepared for this or I wasn't. Well, here's the thing. A lot of people do very well when it's thrust upon them. And they do well because they're prepared. 
they may not be wholly prepared for that particular role, but if they know their job and do their job, stepping up, it's not the hardest thing in the world. It might be difficult, but if you don't know the job, you don't know it and you don't do it, then it's impossible. Embrace that change and grow from it. Growth happens in spurts, and it growth is impeded by poor leadership, poor decisions, fiscal irresponsibility, all sorts of things on the part of organizations. But when light hits that little seed, it grows. It will. The organization grows. And when it grows and flowers, I'll tell you what, turns out to be something very positive. But people have to embrace it. They have to embrace the change. They have to embrace the growth. Change is inevitable, but growth is not. Change can happen over and over, and you still end up with the same results. Everybody who's listening to this knows a situation where that's the change. Bring people in, nothing changes. Somebody leaves, nothing changes. Bring a new person in, nothing changes. You have to cultivate the growth. Cultivate it and embrace it. Growth is a challenge. It is. Growth can be painful. In fact, it can be argued that the best growth only occurs through great effort and pain. Most of us don't like pain, let's face it. Um, so it, it's, it might not be intuitive to embrace it, but fire departments have to. Fire companies have to. Your crew has to. Um, if you're on a search crew, you've got to expect the unexpected, and you've got to embrace the unexpected, whether you're doing a primary search or you're leading an organization. Those that succeed learn how to do that. But here's where, in my opinion, is, is the greatest advantage when there are changes. You have to sell the future. Sell it. Now, what's that mean? It doesn't mean you take it out and you put it on the side of the road and you stick up a sign and you try to sell it that way. That's not what I mean. Any organization that undergoes change, the first thing they have to do is decide how they're going to sell it. Are you going to sit back and say, well, you know, everybody will they'll know what I'm talking about when, when the time comes? Or do you say, you know what? This is a great opportunity for growth, and this is what we're going to do. Many, many years ago, in fact, over 50 years ago, uh, a new chief uh, came to one of the largest fire departments in the world. And that particular chief uh, did not want the job, didn't, didn't want it, but was convinced to take it uh, because it was what the department needed. They needed somebody to refresh and renew the department. This chief uh, had to be convinced to take it, but did. Then went about selling the future. He sold the idea of fundamental change, a rebuild, if you will, however you want to phrase it. He sold that idea. 
and he didn't just try to sell it to his fellow chiefs. He went out to the stations and sold it to rank and file. He looked the people on the back of engines and ladders and rescues, and he said, this is going to be a hell of a future. And I can't tell you everything that's going to happen. But what I will tell you is we're going to walk together into the future. Now, some people now might go, ah, that's a little hokey. And probably now it would be to say those exact words. But make no mistake, people who do that type of thing, people who embrace their people and say we, they're going to get ahead of a lot of, a lot of things. They are going to create their own wind. And when you enter the doldrums, like most organizations do at some point in their history, a time when there's simply no wind whatsoever, you get in the doldrums. Sailing ships used to do it. Look it up. Interesting. But here's the thing. When you're selling the future, when you're selling it, and you get people to buy in to that, then you can move forward. And you'll move forward easier because everybody's going to be pulling or making the vessel move. They all pull in the same direction. One of the true hazards of leadership is rank arrogance. We all know that to be true. We all know that there are poor leaders, average leaders, good leaders, and great leaders. In my mind, the greatest leaders are not the ones who talk about being great leaders. In fact, you never hear them mention it. What they will talk about is their people. Because ultimately, that's who moves the ship. No fire chief in the history of fire chiefing has ever moved the ship by themselves. And I think if we go back to that particular fire chief I'm talking about, that by embracing their people, setting high standards, demanding that people know and do their jobs, great things happen. Great things happen in very large departments, mid-sized departments, small departments old departments and new departments. Great things can happen once people realize that it is not about any one person in leadership. It's about every single rank-and-file firefighter, every company officer, every battalion, district, chief, whatever you want to call your folks, assistants, deputies, chief, everyone. It has to, everyone has to be pulling in the same direction. Frankly, uh, people need to be held to certain standards. And it's a lot easier when you're lifting people up to those standards. Not just a few people. Not just five, not just ten, not just 500, however big your organization is, but everyone. Empower your people. Empower them. I have watched a, a group of firefighters... Um, get together and, and build some props. And I'll tell you, they, they had support for it. Um, they got the stuff and they built it. Now, some people out there may go, well, I mean, what's the big deal of that? It's a very big deal. 
every little step in the right direction is moving away from making a bad decision. Every little step in the right direction is part of getting the ship to move. That's what I mean. Most people, when they think about an organization, they think about the CEO and the board, right? We all do. Uh, if you think about a football team, typically you can think about players and the head coach. Not many people think about the training staff. Not many people think about the assistant coaches. Bottom line is, there's not a single person anywhere who is bigger than the sum total of their organization, their group, their team. And I know, a lot of people pay it lip service. But if you get a group of firefighters together and you empower them to go do something and, and you stand aside and you let them do it, well, they're going to learn and everybody else around them is going to learn. More importantly, it's setting a standard. That's important. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. It's important to set that standard, to say, yep, I can sit here, not do anything, or I can take a step forward and do something. And again, you know, it's, it's a very simple thing to do, but very difficult to take the first step. Most people don't even get to the first step. Some do. Um, there's a firefighter I know, uh, fairly young guy, knows the history of the fire service, knows the fire service backwards and forwards. I've always said if, if I was the top guy somewhere, he's the guy I'm bringing in to, to run my apparatus and inspect everything for me and buy my tools. Um, he's as solid as solid can be. And when you watch someone who, who's had great ideas the entire time I've known him, um, and, and has worked oftentimes by himself to get things done. It inspires me. It really does. It inspires me. It inspires the people around him. There's hope. But you got to sell it. you got to sell the future. Um, you know, if, if people don't buy in, if they don't buy in, um, it's very difficult to move them. Only so, there's only, there's only a, you know, it's not a finite, it's not an infinite, excuse me, not an infinite amount of, of miles that, that you can t carry people along and, and carry the load. It's a lot easier when, when people are, are bought in and they're working. Um, it makes a big difference. It really does. And uh, again, you got to sell the future. We all live in the past. It's what we do. It's the historians in us. We think about the past. We talk about the past. We try to live in the past. And what we end up doing is grinding to a halt. We don't grow in the past. We can learn from it. We can. And that's why history is important. We learn from the past. But we can get ground down to a complete and total stop if we wallow in it. The future? Well... That's what's in front of us. We have right now, we have the past, but the future is vital. It's vital for a department, it's vital for a crew, vital for everyone. You want to be good? You've got to work at being good. What's the old saying? Everybody wants to be a cowboy until it's time to do the cowboy shit. 
well, cowboy up. You know, that's the way it's going to work. Leaders have to sell the future. And uh, the good ones do. You know, look, no leader can promise the world. They can try. I'm a big believer in, in don't overpromise. You know, if you're going to do anything, over-deliver. And I watch good leaders do that. I watch good leaders take care of their people. I watch a good leader who, you know, buy his crew a meal, buy his crews a meal, who will uh, reach out, you know, and find out what they're doing, how they're doing off-duty. More importantly, I see good leaders who set the example and set the standard and then expect their people to be there. There's nothing worse than expecting mediocrity and then appearing as though you're you're like, yep, I knew this was going to suck. Look, guys, it sucks. Okay, well, fine. Um, what you doing about the future? It doesn't just happen. It really doesn't. Something's going to happen. Inertia. Something's going to happen. But are you going to stand and, and try to dictate what's going to happen? That's what a leader does. So, leaders have to sell the future. Bottom line. Uh, there are beginnings and endings. You know, there's a beginning to this podcast, and now we're coming up to the ending, right? And I believe that Everything that happens positively in the fire service, a successful search and rescue operation, uh, knocking down a fire, um, cutting off a fire and saving the wing of a house, um, you name it, Um, finding fire hazards during an inspection, uh, catching an arsonist, uh, you know, getting there just in time to get somebody out of a car. None of those things happen by accident. They don't. They happen because people, maybe not one person, the whole crew, somebody may be good at something a little bit better than the next person. But all those things happen because people work together. You want to see people not do a thing? Make them, show them that it's all about you. Just you. The peacock, right? Peacocks go strutting around. Look at my colors. Look at me. You know, and everybody else is like, ah, a peacock's pretty worthless, actually. You know, I mean, yeah, he's got the pretty flowers, and or not flowers, but feathers. Oh yeah, look at the peacock. And then eventually, a coyote comes over and eats the peacock, because that's what coyotes do. You see, the peacock would be in a lot better position in life in the fire service if they realize that everybody around them is what what let's face it that's the protective barrier doesn't mean a peacock won't get eaten but what it does mean is that there are more peacocks around or other kinds of animals that will warn of the coyote's approach don't be a peacock just don't it's not worth it Uh, i wouldn't say be a coyote either but (laughs) But if you've got to be one or the other, be the coyote. Uh, look, bottom line, uh, take care of your people. Your people will always take care of you. That's really the lesson of leadership. Uh, show people that you care about them. 
and uh, they'll care about you. That's going to do it for tonight. We will be back tomorrow with another podcast, and uh, until then, stay safe.